The bye week has arrived. We get into our three big things going in to this week off. I'm Rajiv. He's Justin. It's the Bucky Report. Welcome to the Bucky Report, your destination for all things Wisconsin Badgers. Authentic takes. Oh, my God. Game analysis. Touchdown, Badgers. Ring one up. And discussion from the fan perspective. Thanks for joining us. And on Wisconsin. How's everyone doing? We are your hosts, Rajiv Chabra and Justin Jolka, in for our midweek quick hit episode going into the bye week. We yeah. love these little little shorts. Justin, how are you today, man? I'm doing pretty good. First off, I just want to throw something out there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who has listened and subscribed and done everything else. It's been awesome for this first week that we, that we pumped out the first couple episodes. You guys have been huge. We appreciate everything. It's been outstanding the numbers that we've seen back from everything and we love seeing that you guys are interested thank you for liking us <laughs> yeah I totally echo that sentiment and justin and i have been wanting to do this for a while and took some time to get things going and, and do all the stuff the right way we wanted to build everything properly but the support's been great thank you to all the comments um emails everything you guys have sent really it's really it really means a lot to us and it it allows us to kind of have that energy to keep moving forward um so we really really appreciate it but with no further ado, we're going to get into our... It's three big things. The Bucky Report's three big things. I was supposed to hit the pause button after so, that. Sorry. Yeah. So it's not going to be six. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're not doubling up this week, guys. Sorry. Not with the bye week. All right. We are going to dive into the three big things here, leading it off with number one, procedural penalties. Again, it's this is going to be one that I am really hoping we get cleaned up over this bye week because if there's one thing that has been consistent across every game, it has been this. We have had consistently false starts, guys making mistakes with their alignments, little things that have led to five yards here, five yards there that have killed drives early in games and not allowed us to keep rolling. Did not affect us early in this last game, but it's something that we cannot have happening on a week-to-week basis. We need to clean it up. It's got to end. Hopefully we get these guys settled in and we move forward and be able to play a lot cleaner in that regard. In four games, we've had 26 penalties for 218 yards. That's an average of five, six and a half penalties for 54 and a half yards a game. I mean, that's when you, when you look at that as compared to other teams, that's going to land you near the bottom if you mm-hmm. continue at this rate in the Big Ten. And look, we've talked about how the Big Ten West is in just basically imploding. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of bad teams. Um, we're the only team without a loss right now in the conference. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty bad. We just started conference mm-hmm. play. But what that means is that the West is out there for the taking. I mean, yeah. at this point, you know, when the West, it's it's kind of a it's a big disappointment, I think, at this point, for sure. And I mean, you know, we and not even like the fall starts are just killer, right? Because, you, you know, you have drives that are just dying quickly. And then also when you have a defensive penalty, like 12 men on the field and you can't you're not getting set defensively or you're an offside situation like that. There's free plays for the other team. Mm-hmm. Now they blow up with it with a, with a pass plate on the line and all of a sudden we're behind the eight ball again. And it's costing us more and more. Look, and I think Justin, I would agree with this. Look, penalties are penalties. They're going to happen in every game. It's the procedural stuff specifically yeah. that 
I'm really hoping, Justin, this week that Fickle, I mean, really talks to the guys and they really work on drills, whether it's whether it's, you know, heavy sound, you know, crowd noise stuff in the practice facility, whatever it's going to take to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, changing the, I know that in, in the Purdue game, Tanner Mordecai to the clap. Uh, maybe that, maybe it's changing that, maybe it's changing the snap counts, whatever needs to happen. This is not something that great teams run into. This is something that average teams have, and we're not trying to be average. And Luke Fickle's not trying to be average. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about the, the culture change that, that Fickle brings. Look what's happened to special teams, right? We've talked mm-hmm. about special teams and how they've great they've been. Well, that's, and correct me if I'm wrong, is Luke Fickle coaching the special teams? I think he is. He's part of it, yeah. Right. I, I, I believe him and Mitchell are the two that are most in and, and And I think he's obviously had his, has his hand in it heavily, and you can see that, right? You can see mm-hmm. what he's doing with it and how it's overperforming uh, what we expected. So, yeah, this has just got to go away, and – we're going to keep we're, we're, this is going to stay on the the three big things until it goes away. And then we can talk about other things, but we don't want to keep talking about procedural penalties. But it it's something that will bite us uh, very soon. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the aspects of it is, is that it's it makes you predictable offensively like you. It's going to make it far easier to defend you when they know that you realistically probably don't want to be running on first down because you don't want to leave yourself on second and 14 or second and 13. Totally. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and with that, we're going to go to number two, Justin, you want to take this one? Yes. Offensively. One of the big things that we need to start seeing a little bit more of is more explosive and faster developing pass plays. A couple of aspects to that. One of them we've talked about ad nauseum at this point, we need to get the snaps quicker which will help with the timing and the faster developing plays. It will give him more time to kind of survey the field and be ready to go. And also just gives everyone, it's just cleaner in general with everyone in a timing aspect, which will hopefully open up the passing game and make it easier for him to be comfortable and make better, quicker reads, which that's the one thing we haven't really seen from this offense yet through four games is we have not seen these burst chunk plays happening on a consistent basis. And it's a kind of the hallmark of this offense for Phil Longo. So it's something that I do think will happen with time here. I'm hoping that after the bye, this is something that we see a lot more of. Yeah, totally. I mean, look, the, the penalties are an important thing and we've talked about that, but the next two, this one and the next one we're going to do are the things that really are to me are like the cornerstones of what the bye week mm-hmm. is about. You know, it's about fixing these problems and being at the Purdue game. There were many times where I, and other people that have gone to games have kind of seen the similar thing. You, you know, you, you see the routes open for a short amount of time and you know that Mordecai has got to make that pass. Mm-hmm. So how they're spreading it out, what kind of play calls there are, and, and just more time when you're not prepping for a game, you know, Longo and Mordecai have a lot of time to sit down and work and figure out the reads, figure out the timing, look at a lot of film, try a lot of different plays, maybe open up the playbook a little more, which would be great going into the second sort of half, like two thirds of the season. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be nice. But yeah, I mean, and, and the faster these develop, you you saw Hudson Card and Purdue do this, right? They have mm-hmm. fast, quick developing pass plays where they're doing quick button hooks, they're doing quick ins and outs, and, and they're, they're, they're making their cuts fast and the ball's being delivered immediately. Mm-hmm. That's getting chunk plays. You're talking about seven, eight yards every time that happens. And that's what we need to do because mm-hmm. then when you have Braylon Allen and Aker and Yakimeli behind him making moves from the running game, it will really put the pressure on the D line because now everyone's worried about those quick passes and try to defend those. So yeah, I mean this, I really feel like we have to be more explosive in the passing game because we've mm-hmm. been waiting week after week for, 
I mean, you know, Tanner Mordecai's had a fine season, but he's only thrown, I believe, two touchdowns and three picks. Like that, mm-hmm. that is, that's not numbers that we expected to see um, four weeks into the season. That in that more explosive passing is really going to help this quick, quick deliveries and just changing it up. I, I expect in the Rutgers game to see a, a very like uh, much more unique passing offense, just different and changes. And maybe I'm setting myself up to be disappointed again at the end of that game. Maybe we win, but I'm going to be like, oh man, it's not that 50 point explosion I want. Because like Justin has said many times, and he was right about this, we were scoring 33 points a game. And I think that's pretty much the number that you said we were going to score. Mm-hmm. And so we've done that, but we all know that it's missing a piece. And I think yeah. that it's that explosive and quick developing stuff because look, the receivers are going to be happier. They're going to be getting more touches. We also need this to happen to avoid putting too much pressure on Braylon Allen, given Malusi's recent injury. So we, we're going to have to do a lot of these quick stuff and that, that will take a lot of pressure. off. It'll take pressure off the offensive line as well, but you made a really good point about the snaps. Part of this timing and faster developing plays is that ball being in Mordecai's hands mm-hmm. a split second after it was snapped so that he has two, three seconds to get rid of the ball, not losing a second on the snap. And then now all of a sudden you've yeah. got a shorter time before the pass rush is coming and then he can't make those reads quick. So, yeah, this is this to me is a really big one. And it goes along with the next one. And I'll start this one off. And if you've watched Badger games, you know that, that this was probably going to be on this and that's run defense and tackling. I mean, specifically the run defense, we've talked about how the middle linebackers I think are are having an issue there. It all starts with the missing piece of Keanu Benson not being there. Right. And, and I know that Piaz is working really hard and, and Neil, they're doing okay, but getting that penetration is going to allow, it's going to force the offensive line of the opposing team to simply a, a, attack more into that nose tackle and open up some of those lanes for the linebackers, but they need to hit them. They need to read the plays better and that has been a big thing. I mean, we've for years, for years, Wisconsin has been a great run run defensive team. And it's been a cornerstone of, of Jim, the Jim Leonard defense. And, and it's always been something that we can rely on. And we knew that if you were going to beat us, you had to do it through the air. Well, now, I mean, so far you've seen teams just say, all right, well, stop us now and stop us, stop mm. the run. And we've done that to other teams for so long. And we know that it's demoralizing when we do it, right? When we when mm-hmm. we can line up there and just pound Braylon Allen and make sure that he just get yard after yard after yard and just eat into their their defense and really wear them out, it makes such an impact. Mm-hmm. And we love that. We love seeing it. I, we definitely don't like it the other way. I, yeah. I hate it. I hate being run on because there's it's nothing you can do to stop it. It's just demoralizing for them to get six, seven yards. And then all of a sudden, it's second and three, second and four. They're staying ahead of the chains. All this stuff is really impactful, and I'm desperate to see this change. And then the last one, tackling in space. I mean, like, like that's all there is. We just have to do it better. And, I mean, we, we, we are a Big Ten team, and we are one of the better Big Ten teams. We need to be able to make this happen. Yeah, yeah I agree. The, the biggest thing that I will say right off the bat on that is looking at this, the, the aspect that I talked about when we're talking about the defense is that I've, I had mentioned I think it's going to get easier for us from a – stopping the run standpoint moving forward from a scheme perspective, because we're going to have teams that are less of a passing threat. We're going to be in the box more, which will make a difference. What I will say to that is it doesn't matter if guys are not going to the right gap, they will still get gashed plays. It may not be 20 yards, but if you're getting six or seven every time, because a guy hits the wrong gap, that is going to be a problem. And that's one of the things that has to be cleaned up. 
Because if we hit the right gap, yeah, they may get a little bit of yardage here and there, but it's not going to be a problem. It will be more of a three yard, four yard type, you know, mm-hmm. issue rather than being six or seven. We can we can deal with some of that because I expect us to still make some some reasonable plays here and there, especially guys like Hunter Wooler who are going to come blow up some plays too, which will hopefully keep us from getting into the third and two type range. Um, the tackling aspect of it. That for me is the biggest room for growth area for the secondary that I've seen is against Purdue was a problem. There were a lot of plays that we really like we had pretty good actual efficiency against them in the passing game. It could have been much better because we could have killed a lot of drives had we just stopped guys when they caught it three yards short of the first down instead of letting that missing the tackle and letting them lunge and just picking up the first down. Like it happened probably three or four times in that game, and we could have locked that down. You talk so, about another thing that's demoralizing is that, right? When yeah. you see that as a fan, yeah. which we well, are, like it's just like, oh my gosh. I mean, it's another first down, and now it just delays us getting the ball back sooner rather than later. But so going back to the like the the run defense, do you think it's more do you th- this seems like something they should be able to clean up in the bye week, right? Because do you think it's more individual performances? Or do you think it's coaching? Where do you where do you feel like the disconnect is? Because these players seemingly didn't have this problem last year, right? I mean, you know, it's not like these guys are the middle linebackers are new to the program. They're not, and I feel like their performance has dropped a little bit. But it, but also the scheme change. I understand that. But where do you think the disconnect is in this? Regard? Well, it's a very different scheme in terms of what they're being asked to do. Like the prior scheme, they were much tighter gaps, and guys were asked to read and react. Now they're they're meant to be accountable for a specific gap when the play happens. So the difference is, is guys are just picking the wrong one at times and getting caught kind of in no man's land when the runner chooses. Like the, the big one that I noticed because it was on replay several times was Cheney on that touchdown because he chose, he, he undercut the offensive lineman and the guy went to the outside. So there was no contain. Nobody was there. He took went right out that gap and ended up scoring on it. Um, that type of play is something that – that's why people don't love the three three five because you're effectively – each guy has their own gap. Uh-huh. You're not reacting. Like there's, there's no help. If you miss and you guess wrong, there's really nobody left until they get into the secondary. And then if they make somebody miss, then you're talking touchdown. So the difference there is that we just don't have the – room for error that we have in this scheme. Now there's the positive to it is if you're doing things right, you can be very destructive to what the offense is trying to do. Like you're hard. It's hard to really account for everybody because they're coming fast. And we seem to be struggling with two things. We seem to be not getting downhill and hitting those gaps aggressively. And we're missing the gap that we should be going to at times. And those are the things that if we can account for that going forward and clean some of that up where guys just feel more comfortable and start reacting quicker and more second nature, it should make a big difference in terms of the run game. And honestly, it's, it's kind of looked ugly at times with the mm-hmm. missing of gaps. Like we're, we're just overrunning situations and we're, we're straight up missing it. Mm-hmm. And it, you, it's so evident. Or just not reacting. Exactly. Right. And it's just so different than everything that we're used to seeing from a Wisconsin mm-hmm. defense. And you're right. I mean, the scheme obviously is a big part of it. But I also think that it's time for these guys who, you know, have aspirations to go to the next level. All of them, you know, Cheney and, and Muma and Turner are all guys that can do that with playing with the right way. And 
I feel like it's time for them to step up too. You know, like mm-hmm. they, they have to, I understand scheme. I understand different things, but this is a really good time for them to actually figure that out and settle in. So let me ask you this. What is your confidence level going into these three things that we talked about? So the penalties, uh, passing, uh, explosive offensive passing plays and tackling and run defense. What is your confidence that these things that we're going to see a marked in like improvement in these items when we get to the Rutgers game? I feel pretty good about it. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's a cut and dry that it's going to happen, but I would say if I had to put a number on it, like out of 10, I would say I feel like I'm a, it's a seven. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's going to be progress that we're going to see going into this, especially right. if we see Renfro out there. If they feel comfortable with him starting, that's going to make a big difference. 100%. Now, the big question with that is with guys shifting around, how does that affect that? But that's that's another story for another day. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and and I, I absolutely – I'm with you. I, and I just want to see progress. I don't want it to – it's not like – we're not talking about fixing everything in two weeks. It's just about making improvements because – the meat of our schedule is coming up right after the mm-hmm. Rutgers in which Rutgers will not be a, a cupcake. Then you've got that stretch of Iowa. I think it goes Iowa, Illinois, Ohio state. I think that's the, the lineup after mm-hmm. that. Right. And so you, you've got the meat of the big 10 right after that. And we have to see, per, you know, progress in these areas. So I expect to see it as well. I think that, you know, we're not going to be perfect, but the bye week is about these things, right? It's about taking time, correcting issues Getting healthy, which hopefully Renfro coming back would be really good for us, and Bordelini moving over to his natural guard position. So, yeah, a lot of good things. Um, and, you know, I think that's that's really where we need to be. And this is it's about taking the steps in the right direction, right? Because mm-hmm. if we don't do that, come Rutgers, come Iowa, then be a long all season. these problems get magnified to a mm-hmm. greater degree. Correct. Yeah. Very good. All right, man. So it was good. So th- listen, we're going to try to do this every week, right? We're going to do our full, um, you know, pot on the weekend. And then we're going to do our three big things kind of lead into the week. Got some good stuff coming up this weekend. We're going to dive deep into the bye week. Um, you know, Justin's put together a great show for us today. And we're going to have the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Herrings joining us this weekend as well from Locked On Badgers. I'm assuming you all listen to Locked On Badgers, but yeah. if you don't, it is absolutely one of the top shows out there. So please go give that a listen and subscribe. Um, at the bottom of the, the show, if you're watching on YouTube, the words ways to get in touch with us at the Bucky Report on Twitter, uh, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also email the show, thebuckyreport at gmail.com. Justin, any other final words for the big three big things? Nothing for me. On Wisconsin, everybody. All right. We will talk to you all this weekend. This has been the Bucky Report. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Bucky Report or The Bucky Report Podcast from wherever you get your content. Until next time, on Wisconsin. Wisconsin.